Welcome to the Scarlet Faithful Podcast, episode 13. This is our first of what will be a weekly recap of Rutgers Athletics throughout the 22-23 school year. Uh, first uh, full week of Rutgers Athletics. Um, fall sports just finished uh, recording this late Sunday night to come out uh, on Monday, August 29th. Uh, four different uh, major sports uh, at Rutgers, uh, all in action this past week. Uh, three starting their seasons, um, and that includes Rutgers volleyball, Rutgers men's soccer, and Rutgers field hockey. Uh, and women's soccer now into their second week of their season. So wanted to just kind of recap uh, each of their weeks and starts to the season. Uh, wanted to talk a little bit about Rutgers football, and then also wanted to talk a little bit about um, just some other kind of goings-ons at Rutgers uh, on NIL world uh, specifically this week. But this is something we're going to do every week um, where I just kind of sit down Sunday night and try to catch everyone up on, on the world of Rutgers athletics overall. Uh, I feel like it's a great way for people that maybe don't have time or don't even have the interest to read a full recap, um, which I will continue to do for, for all sports um, as much as possible. Um, but it's also a great kind of quick, easy way to, to uh, update as many people as possible, um, you know, through this podcast and the post also. We'll have a quick little summary for each uh, program, and we'll do this for every season, fall, winter, and spring. Uh, and hopefully, hopefully you like it. And um, also, obviously, cover um, any relevant news within Rutgers Athletics that happens that week. We'll preview the week ahead, schedule-wise, for each of those programs as well. So, uh, for this week, we'll start off with uh, Rutgers Volleyball, uh, which was out at the College of Charleston Classic um, in South Carolina. I had head coach Caitlin Schweighoffer uh, on the podcast last week to preview this team. Um, it's her third season. Um, I've said it before. I'll say it again, uh, I'm sure, after this. Um, but uh, I think, you know, she has the hardest job in the Big Ten, not just in vo volleyball, Uh Big Ten is, you know, just absolutely loaded in the sport. Uh, seven teams ranked in the preseason, four in the top ten. Nebraska was last year's national champion. Um, but I think of any sport, uh, of any coach, uh, Rutgers volleyball from where they were at, three and 117 through the first six seasons in the Big Ten. Uh, she went six and 14 in her first Big Ten season. Obviously, it was during COVID. Um, certainly, I think, benefited um it, uh the program had uh, a winless big 10 season last year but did have the best non-conference uh record uh the program had had in almost a decade and then this past weekend went three and oh uh first time started the season three and oh since 1998 uh so certainly significant um went down to south carolina and um beat fresno state in four sets on friday uh, then uh, survived a, uh, a tough match against the Citadel, who's the Southland uh, Conference Tournament champions last year, uh, went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Rutgers beat them yesterday, uh, Saturday, uh, in five sets, and then faced uh, College of Charleston, the hosts. Both teams had won their two previous matches in that tournament, and then Rutgers, uh, believe it or not, won in straight sets, uh, all three sets extremely close uh, in that matchup, um, it was uh, certainly, um, you know, impressive that they were able to do that. They won 25-22, 25-21, 25-23. You know, they came from behind against Fresno State in that fourth set to finish 
on a 10-2 run. They survived uh, the Citadel, um, were up two sets to one, lost the fourth set, won the fifth set. Um, really gutty performance by that program. And also, I think it was encouraging that so many younger players uh, stepped up. Um, Alyssa Kinkella, a freshman, uh, was named the most valuable player uh, and on the all-tournament team, redshirt freshman from Australia. Uh, she uh, led the team with 46 kills, uh, had a 310 hitting percentage. Um, and then you also had um, veteran uh, Christina Grigovic. Uh, she's a junior. Uh, she was also on spot. She had a team high 14 blocks uh, and um, had two and a half kills per set. And then another freshman, true freshman, Taylor Humphrey from Michigan, um, made the all-tournament team with 37 kills and 16 digs. So, um, you know, aside from that, Madison Chitty is, um, you know, so reliable. She began the 14th player in program history to go over 600 career digs in her career. Sophomore Lucy Malone had a big uh, weekend as well, uh, playing really well. Junior Lauren uh uh, Delo, uh, excuse me there. Uh, she played really well. Freshman Becca Williams had, had some action there. Megan Vernon. I mean, this is a, a team that, you know, certainly had a big weekend. Hard to say how, uh, what this will mean when it comes to big 10 play. Um, senior Alyssa Nayar also had a, um, first, uh, double, double for Rutgers after having 16 in her career at Liberty. Uh, so this is a, a team that has a lot of new faces to it. Um, some returning veterans, a lot of younger players, some key transfers, um, and obviously off to a tremendous start. Uh, and they'll now head to the Townsend Invitational next weekend, September 2nd and 3rd, and they'll face Radford, Morgan State, and Towson. Um, so certainly opportunity there as well um, for them to continue a tremendous start. Let's move on now to Rutgers Field Hockey. Um, unfortunately, kind of on the other side of that, uh, in terms of a disappointing weekend for them, uh, came in um, ranked number eight nationally uh, after obviously the best season in program history last year, uh, earning um, the school's first Big Ten tournament title, was the number one seed entering the NCAA tournament, lost a heartbreaker uh, shootout in the Elite Eight, um, and, um, you know, lost a lot of key faces. Uh, you know, I've said to also had head coach Meredith Civico on the podcast last week. Um, you know, you don't replace Gianna Glatz and goal. Um, and I think uh, Sophia Howard had a tremendous first game, 10 saves uh, in a, uh, another heartbreaking loss to Duke. Uh, beat them last year, lost this year uh, at Rutgers on Friday. It was 1-1 at the end of overtime and uh, Rutgers lost the shootout. Uh, can't fault Howard for that one. Um, offensively, Rutgers just not getting a lot going. Um, and then today, Sunday, losing to St. Joe's, a team they also lost to last year, um, uh, annual NCAA tournament team. It was 0-0 at the half. Um, and then St. Joe's just unloaded on him and scored five second-half goals to win 5 uh, You know, So Rutgers only getting one shot on goal in the game, uh, only three shots overall So uh, in the entire game. So offensively, Rutgers certainly uh, struggling. Um, even though they have, you know, a, a couple key uh, players back from last year offensively um, and, and Bertie uh, Molino, uh, uh, but they haven't been able to generate, um, you know, much offense at all and off to an 0-2 start. Now, you know, St., uh, Duke was ranked number 18, St. Joe's was ranked number 16. Certainly no shame in losing to two, um, you know, uh, pretty good programs, but you're in the Big Ten and it's loaded and, um, you know, certainly a tough start for them. Uh, they do host LaSalle on Wednesday and then number 15 UConn on Friday. 
So, you know, this, this season, I, I think field hockey is a fascinating sport in the sense of, I think, you know, the margin for error, the margin for defeat versus victory is very slim. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of things went right for Rutgers this year, uh, last year, this year so far, uh, not a lot has gone right, but they're going to have opportunities to, to turn things around pretty quickly. Um, I don't think, you know, there, there's any reason at all to, to write this team off. Uh, Mara Civico has done an amazing thing uh, at Rutgers, building the field hockey program from literally nothing to, um, you know, to, to a national power. So, you know, obviously going to be some transition, uh, you know, losing Gianna Glass. You also lost uh, Carrie Burns, um, you know, uh, as well as Katie Lamore. Uh, really, the three just core leaders. Um, Gianna Mancini is also gone. So, um, you know, th th there's a lot to replace there. I think, you know, I have to give this team time to see what they can come up with. Um, and, uh, you know, hopefully they can rebound on Wednesday against LaSalle and get a little positive momentum. Uh, moving on to men's soccer. Uh, open the season on Thursday at Omaha, a team that was picked uh, to finish third in the Summit League. Uh, and they uh, did a great job handling them, uh, winning uh, four to two. Uh, they actually gave up, uh, conceded an early goal in that game, um, but uh, showed some character and some grit, scored four consecutive goals. MD Myers, the senior transfer from High Point, scored the first two goals uh, in his record's debut, giving them the lead. Pablo Avila, a uh, graduate transfer who's been with this program, um, obviously for you know five years now, a uh, key player, uh, and, uh, you know, not only assisted on a goal, but scored, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's good to see him. He's had some health issues lately, uh, or excuse me, last season, uh, and the season before. So it's good to see him back and starting off strong. Uh, and then you also have, uh, you know, Ola Mayland, uh, had an assist. He was a key offensive player last year. Ian Abbey scored on uh, his first collegiate game, uh, which is great to see, uh, you know, freshman in the mix. Um, and they were able to hold on. They gave up a goal late, uh, but won four to two. Uh, and they really, you know, dominated. They, they outshot Omaha 19 to 10, uh, nine to four shots on goal, seven to five edge and corner kicks. Um, so it was uh, an, an important win for them. Then disappointing performance on Sunday night. Game ended uh, not too long ago, uh, losing to Creighton, uh, who was picked fourth uh, in the preseason polls uh, in the Big East. Did make the NCAA tournament last year. Um, you know, traditionally a very good program. Made it to the second round last year. Um, so a huge test for this team. And unfortunately, it did not go well at all. Um, lost six to one. Uh, they scored, um, you know, uh, I believe it was uh, to make it three to one uh, is when um, Rutgers uh, early in the second half was able to cut the lead, but unfortunately gave up another three. Uh, and um, it was, uh, you know, listen, this team, <laughs> we had the head coach Jim McEldry on the uh, podcast as well. There's a lot of, a lot of hope for this team uh, this year. It was Joey Zielinski that had the goal in the 55th minute to make it three, one, and then Creighton uh, finished the game with three more. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'm really excited about this team. I still am, even after this game. I think, you know, you just have to say that, uh, you know, they're going to have to rebound from it. Um, they just got kind of, you know, beaten up pretty bad. 22 to 10 shot advantage for Creighton. 11 to 3 shots on goal. Um, a lot of fouls in the game. 12 corners for Creighton versus 3 for Rutgers. Um, you know, uh, Ari Briscoe was in goal. He missed the first game. Uh, he's back. 
Uh, you know, he was the keeper for the Puerto Rican national team uh, this offseason. Uh, Oren Asher, the, the previous two-year starter, is out the season um, with a shoulder injury. Uh, so Briscoe's first game uh, had five saves, six goals allowed. Uh, tough day for him. Um, you know, the defense really, uh, I think, had trouble just kind of uh, slowing down the, the Creighton offense. And, um, you know, going to the Big Ten, I mean, Rutgers was picked fifth. Uh, I, I really think this is such a veteran team. It's Jim McKeldry's fourth year, uh, you know, really hoping that this is this is the year that they can break through and make the NCAA tournament, um, finish in that top half of the Big Ten. Um, this certainly was a test. I love that he scheduled, uh, you know, this kind of game so early in the season um, and obviously, you know, did not uh, go well tonight. Um, but uh, knowing them, uh, knowing McKeldry, uh, this is something that, you know, it's going to use as a learning experience. And this team is going to get better from. Uh, they now uh, come home and they'll face a, a rivalry game against Princeton at Yersack Field, uh, 7 p.m. Friday, September 2nd. Uh, so that's going to be a huge game uh, for them. You know, Princeton has dominated that rivalry uh, of late. Uh, Rutgers actually won it last year. Um, but, uh, you know, really hoping that they can uh, bounce back. And then you have uh, Yale coming to Yersack Field on Monday. Uh, another tough matchup before Ryder uh, the week after that. So, you know, uh, certainly some opportunities for them on this schedule uh, before Big Ten play, but they really need to be ready to go for Big Ten play uh, because that's, uh, you know, where it really is going to matter. You know, Maryland, Indiana, of course, are always difficult, but you have Michigan. Um, if this team's going to get over that hump, uh, you know, they went 9-6-2 and two last year. Um, certainly very, uh, you know, uh, respectable record first winning season since 2016, but this team hasn't made the NCAA tournament since 2015. Uh, and again, you know, really hoping that this team can come together. A lot of key returnees there, um, you know, and, and listen, maybe Creighton is just better than, you know, the projections they're not ranked yet. They may be now, um, but, uh, something to, to track throughout the year. Um, but just an absolutely huge, uh, game. Uh, this coming Friday for Rutgers men's soccer, a statement opportunity uh, against an always good uh, Princeton team. Uh, so we'll see that how that goes. And then let's move on to, uh, you know, just the, the most consistent uh, and, um, you know, program really at Rutgers is the women's soccer program. It came into the week ranked number three uh, in the country uh, and, uh, you know, has, has acted like it. Uh, Coach um, Michael Neal, who we also had, on the podcast recently before the season started, um, you know, scheduling extremely difficult uh, for this team. Uh, three consecutive road games. Uh, they started at um, uh, New Mexico uh, last week, uh, Thursday, um, the uh, 18th, and a hard-fought game. Uh, you know, it was a great game to watch. Uh, it had an NCAA tournament feel. New Mexico did make the NCAA tournament last year, um, and Rutgers won that one nothing. Allison Lowry with the goal there. Uh, and then came back three days later, neutral uh, field staying at New Mexico, beating uh, UNLV 5-1. to one. Uh, Then went on the road to Providence, another team that made the NCAA tournament last year, um, and won uh, 3 to nothing. Uh, so that was three consecutive road games in a week. Uh, had the season opener on Sunday at 1 o'clock against Buffalo. Not an easy task, just in the sense of, uh, you know, the travel that this team has experienced, having a, a matinee game. Uh, you know, I think they, they maybe came out a little bit flat, uh, you know, and actually trailed at the half uh, one to nothing. Um, it was a uh, kind of a, a little bit of a surprise there. But, you know, as uh, all good teams do, 
they were able to rebound. And uh, right after the, the, the halftime, um, uh, Riley Tiernan, uh, who had three assists come into the game, scored a first goal of the season, um, you know, off a great uh, pass cross uh, in the box from Kylie Daigley, uh, who's played very well as well. That tied the game. And then Allison Lowry once again um, coming up huge. Uh, and scoring off her own ricochet, had a, a pretty close uh, shot that was blocked by the keeper, and then she uh, got the rebound and, and put it away uh, for the decisive goal. So Rutgers won 2-1, to one, is now 4-0 in the season, number three in the country. They're behind uh, North Carolina, who's number one. Uh, they demolished late, uh, Baylor uh, on Sunday, 6 to nothing. So they're 4-0. They'll stay four, uh, at number one. Florida State's uh, number two. Uh, they actually uh, had a, a tie against uh, number 16, Auburn. Uh, they've played uh, three, uh, I believe, SEC teams to start the season, um, and they're 1-0-2, uh, but they're not going anywhere in terms of, I, I believe, slipping down. They're the defending national champions, beat Rutgers in the Final Four last year. Uh, so, you know, but, I mean, listen, Rutgers lost three All-Americans off of last year's team and uh, Amir Ali, the first four-time All-American in program history, Frankie Tagliaferri, uh, who was just huge. The two of them were the leading scorers last year. Uh, and Rutgers really hasn't missed a beat. And then you also have Gabby Provenzano, uh, who anchored the defense, uh, now gone All-American. Um, you have Emily Mason, who played for the U-20 team, uh, national team at the World Cup this past month. She's back now. Um, and just a, a lot of experience uh, all through the lineup for Rutgers. Um, and it's, I, I think, overall, though, if you look at the stats through the first four games, uh, for me, what's most impressive is just the players that have stepped up. Lowry, specifically, you know, three goals, two assists in only three games played. She missed the Providence game. Um, I believe she had kind of a something minor going on. She did have a wrap on her, uh, you know, uh, leg today. Um, uh, not exactly sure why she missed the game, but she was back today and had that key winning goal. Um, so three goals and two assists for her right off the bat. Riley Tiernan, you know, of course, doing what we expect her to do uh, and uh, leading the team with three assists. Her first goal today, though, I think is huge. Just to kind of get that monkey off the back for her. Um, but then you have, you know, Sarah Brocious as a goal and two assists. Gia German, uh, she had uh, uh, two goals, a sophomore uh, a uh, classmate of Riley Tiernan and Kylie Daigley, who has a goal and assist. That sophomore class is just extremely impressive. Um, so to see, uh, you know, uh, Gia German uh, step up, have two goals, uh, Lowry, three goals, two assists, to go along with Riley Tiernan, Sarah Brocious, Sam Kroger, goal and two assists, um, players that have done it in the past. Um, there's been a really good mix of players stepping up, uh, you know, and as a team that have outscored opponents 11 to 2. We knew this defense was going to be really good. Megan McClellan back in net, um, that back line, extremely experienced, um, you know, and they're, and they're playing like it so far. So, uh, again, impressive start for uh, Rutgers women's soccer, uh, and they host uh, Temple on Thursday, September 1st at your sack at 7 p.m. And then uh, another huge rivalry game, Princeton yet again, uh, men's playing them on Friday, women's playing them on Sunday at your sack, 11 a.m., Rutgers lost a heartbreaker to Princeton last season. Uh, just one of uh, three losses the team suffered all last season. Uh, so huge, huge game for them uh, coming up on Sunday. Huge test, uh, and that'll be fun to watch. But I uh, expect them to stay number three in the polls. Um, but again, just a, a great start for that program uh, so far. Uh, so just wanted to shift gears a little bit. 
um, just in terms of those four, uh, you know, teams, uh, we, we went through kind of the results and, and what's ahead for them. Wanted to touch on a couple other Rutgers topics real quick here and, and, and specifically NIL, um, you know, uh, Knights of the Raritan is, uh, the NIL collective, uh, kind of the main NIL collective for Rutgers, um, you know, run by, uh, John Newman, um, you know, Al, uh, Reke, uh, who's also the president of, uh, Rutgers court club. You have Danny Breslauer. Uh, you have a, a host of other guys uh, that are uh, involved. Um, uh, we had uh, Ryan Hart on the podcast, who's an advisor for Knights of the Raritan. Anyway, they announced uh, a really cool initiative this past uh, week um, with uh, Devco. Everyone should know Devco, the New Brunswick Development Corporation. Um, you know that has uh, you know they they built the yard and they have a lot of other projects going on uh, in New Brunswick. And they announced a partnership uh, to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title uh, Title Nine, um, and uh, you know uh, they signed uh, eight current Scarlet Knight female student athletes, um, and uh, are you know honoring uh, basically you know Title Nine the importance of it, and um, by doing that uh, you know they signed these eight student athletes. To uh, these NIL deals, it's uh, Antonio Bates, uh, Antonia Bates. Women's basketball, Carly Snarski, women's field hockey, uh, Lauren Dalo from uh, volleyball, Megan uh, Harka and Kayla Bach from softball. Uh, and then you have uh, Ashley Campo, Sofia Cardello, and Sarah uh, Carlonzo from women's lacrosse. So, uh, really uh, great uh, just initiative um, by the Knights of the Raritan, um, you know, and along with DEFCO, who, who's done so much for Rutgers Athletics just with their sponsorships. Um, so, great to see. On that end, I know that um, the Knights of the Raritan is, you know, really working hard to generate uh, more members and uh, more um, capital to be able to invest in Rutgers student athletes. You know, their really core mission has been to, um, you know, uh, reward current student athletes at Rutgers and really across the board, all sports. So, um, you know, wishing them all the best and, and support uh, in their endeavors. And then you have... Um, not really the same thing, um, but Night Society. We obviously had Geo Baker on uh, recently, you know, on the podcast. Um, but starting Night Society with Eric Legrand, not a not a true collective per se. Um, it's really just them running it. But they have a lot of corporate partnerships. Um, you know, they uh, have partnered um, with um, uh, various corporations uh, to to do certain initiatives, um, and um, <clears throat> they had their event on last Friday. At uh, Tavern on the George, had, uh, Gio had said they had uh, over 75 members there. Uh, Ron Harper Jr., who we had last week on the podcast, was there as a guest. Um, you know, Nice Society just continues. They haven't even fully launched yet. They're, uh, they're launching in the next week or two in terms of um, kind of their full announcement, full uh, opening, so to speak. Um, but they are taking on members. You know, you can sponsor student-athletes. There's definitely more of a uh, little bit more, uh, I guess, to it other than just nil there's uh, corporate partnerships in terms of uh, discounts and um, deals and um, just an overall sense of kind of building the community in, in terms of uh, um, networking and things like that so uh it's great to see them doing their work they just announced um you know johnny langan from football uh is one, one of the athletes they've signed they've announced a ton uh i know megan mcclellan from women's soccer's one uh, and, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, just, uh, I, I think it's fun for Rutgers fans to, to see two kind of separate, um, groups kind of working 
towards the same goal in terms of uh, making Rutgers as desirable for uh, top student athletes as possible um, by providing NIL opportunities. So, um, you know, wishing uh, both of those groups all the best and uh, obviously support both of them and we'll continue to provide updates and, and also converse and, and have them on as guests as well. So just want to wrap things up uh, with football. Uh, believe it or not, uh, we're, we're entering um, uh, game week for uh, the first week of the season. Boston College head coach Greg Schiano will have his uh, game week press conference on Monday uh, afternoon um, and uh, head to Boston College on Saturday, September 3rd. Huge, huge matchup uh, for both squads. Um, you know, really, uh, Boston College picked to finish sixth um, in the ACC Coastal Division. Um, Rutgers, you know, picked to finish sixth uh, in the Big Ten East. This is a crucial non-conference game for both uh, both um, programs. You have uh, former Rutgers assistant and uh, kind of Greg Schiano mentee, uh, Jeff Halfley, who I've just, uh, you know, I've, I've touted him for a long time. Um, he was actually someone I wrote about uh, during the, the search for a new head coach before Rutgers um, was able to uh, bring uh, Greg Schiano back. Um, you know, I was pretty adamant that, you know, if they couldn't get Schiano, I thought Halfley was the absolute uh, best option to, to get. Um, he's done a pretty good job at Boston College. Um, you know, not a lot of expectations this year. Pretty much seems like with the um, offensive line being the biggest concern at Boston College, which sounds familiar for Rutgers fans, uh, you know, Boston College replacing all five starters along the offensive line. Uh, so I think that's where the skepticism uh, comes in. Uh, you know, they lost their best guard, Christian Mahogany, towards ACL in May. Um, they have a couple guys back that, you know, have uh, started in spot duty in the past. But, um, you know, complete uh, revamp there. But, you know, you look at their situation. I mean, their skill positions, they're, they're in much better shape. Uh, you have Phil Jerkovic, who, who did miss most of last season with a hand injury to his throwing arm. Uh, it was a wrist and hand issue. He's back. Uh, he had a tremendous year in 2020. Uh, then you have, uh, you know, Pat Garwo rushed for over a thousand yards last season as well. Uh, one of their top receivers is back too. So, I, you know, it's going to be tough. I think Rutgers is right now looking about a touchdown underdog. Um, certainly possible to go in there and win a game. Uh, it would obviously be huge for Rutgers uh, to start the season with that kind of win. Really gives you an opportunity to get momentum. Uh, you have Wagner and at Temple following the Boston College game. Uh, then you have a home opener, a Big Ten opener at home uh, against Iowa uh, on the road to Ohio State. Certainly difficult. But then that sixth game, you know, everybody's chomping at the bit now with Nebraska um, just blowing an 11 point lead after a ridiculous decision to make an onside kick after scoring a touchdown and going up 11 uh, did not go well. Who knows if Scott Frost will be the coach. When Nebraska comes to town uh, that uh, second weekend of October, I believe October 9th, uh, it's the blackout game. Huge opportunity for Rutgers in that game, but it all starts on Saturday against Boston College. You win that game, the momentum, the the, the positive vibes, the perception, it's all pointing up. Uh, you lose that game, uh, not the end of the world, but certainly makes uh, the goal of getting to six wins, uh, you know, listen, makes it a lot, lot more difficult. Um, you know, you can't, can, can you expect Rutgers to win four, uh, big 10 games this year to get to that number six, uh, in, in wins. I don't know. Of course it's possible, but that's a lot to ask the West crossover games, you know, beside Iowa, Nebraska, you're at Minnesota who most people are picking in the top three, uh, of the West. 
um, against another former Rutgers assistant, PJ Fleck. So, you know, it's a tough schedule. You get that win at Boston College, you run the table in your non-conference, um, you know, and, and even if you don't get anything against Iowa, Ohio State, and Nebraska, you have Indiana at home on homecoming, coming off a bye, a team you beat by five touchdowns on the road the year before, uh, and, you know, realistically has a good chance to beat them again this year, probably only Big Ten game they'll be favored in. Uh, you're four and three at that point if you beat Boston College. Worst case, probably, knock on wood. Uh, so that, you know, just from a perception standpoint, if you could be four and three that late in the season, who knows? Maybe they steal in Iowa. Maybe they steal Nebraska. Um, you know, if you can do that, uh, you're looking at five and two. The last five games on the schedule are extremely hard. You know, I don't have high hopes there. Uh, you know, you're at Minnesota. Uh, you're Michigan at home, at Michigan State. Uh, Penn State at home at Maryland, um, you know, maybe they steal one. Um, but I think six games is going to be very difficult uh, to win. Um, you know, you have uh, basically 70% of the roster uh, is freshman and sophomore. We still don't know Gavin Wims at, uh, you know, how much of a factor he's going to be, um, you know, uh, how, how much is he going to develop uh, throughout the season? You know, and I think people don't want to hear this, but, you know, I it's very possible this is a developmental season for this program with so many young players. Um, you know, we haven't seen the two deep yet. Uh, hopefully it gets released tomorrow, Monday. Um, but there's going to be a lot of young players on that two deep and it's, it's going to take time. I mean, I think, um, but again, you go to Boston college. Uh, I, I do think it's going to be a close game and it's going to be a grinded out game and uh, you know, old school, uh, you know, to, to uh, East coast, uh, you know, uh, former big East foes, um, you know, this game's huge for, for recruiting purposes. Um, you know, uh, so many uh, BC staff members, uh, you know, have worked for Shiano uh, in the past. It's really uh, kind of unbelievable. Uh, you know, aside from Halfley of John McNulty, yes, that John McNulty, who, by the way, you know, in my opinion, is the, the best uh, and most fun interview I've ever uh, seen Uh in, uh, with Rutgers football, at least as long as I've covered them now, my eighth season, um, just, you know, uh, tremendous guy to, to listen to, just talk about football as knowledge, but also his candor and uh, honesty on stuff. And just, he's pretty funny too. Um, but he's the new offensive coordinator for Boston college. Tim uh, Lukabu uh, is a defensive coordinator. Uh, he had two, two different um, stints at Rutgers and Shiana 1.0. Uh, and um, he worked with him and Tampa Bay as well. Obviously, McNulty uh, working with Shiano uh, from 2004 to 2008 um, <clears throat> was, um, you know, the offensive coordinator during Mike Teal's uh, career. And then you have, um, uh, you know, several other players on there. Savant Huggins is the running backs coach, former, uh, you know, uh, I believe the highest rated recruit in Rutgers history. Um, you know, uh, and he's on his staff, Stephen Shemko, who was at Rutgers was on, is on the BC staff, even have a couple guys that worked uh, with Shiano at Ohio state, um, on the BC staff, uh, where Halfley obviously, uh, replaced, uh, Shiano there. So, uh, just a ton of familiarity. Uh, and it's really going to be, I, I wrote a piece, uh, this weekend on three factors that I think will decide the game, which is, you know, quarterback play, offensive line play, and the, the chess match with the coaches. So, um, a fascinating matchup, a, a really fun week one matchup that, you know, I, I, I typically hate overreactions um, on week one, um, you know, in, in any sport, but specifically football, um, you know, people get carried away positively or negatively based on the outcome. Um, but this game against Boston College really is, uh, it feels 
bigger than just an opening game. And um, we'll have plenty of coverage throughout the week on this game. And uh, really just wanted to end it by saying, uh, you know, appreciate all the support. We're actually a month in to the Scarlet Faithful existing. Uh, you know, we had a, a dozen podcasts, a few original videos. We did profiles on uh, um, Cam Spencer, Taj Harris, and uh, Riley Tiernan. Have some more coming. Uh, you know, we had uh, over 40 articles in the first month. So uh, just, just getting started here at the Scarlet Faithful. Appreciate everyone's support. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel, Aaron Brightman, uh, on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or anywhere else you get podcasts, uh, The Scarlet Faithful. Um, and obviously, uh, you can uh, access all that information on our, our site, thescarletfaithful.com. Um, my Twitter account is Aaron underscore Brightman uh, at, uh, on Twitter. And uh, we have an Instagram page as well, uh, The Scarlet Faithful. So, I uh, just wanted to uh, say how excited uh, I am that the school year has, uh, you know, officially begun. Rutgers Athletics is back at it for the 2022-23 season. Um, you know, tremendous year last year, finishing the top 50 of the Directors' Cup for the first time ever. High hopes this year. A uh, little bit of an up-and-down week for Rutgers as a whole this first week. Uh, hoping for uh, a better second week across the board. Um, but, uh that's all for now. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, and, and wanted to end it just with, with kind of a preview of our podcast for the week ahead. I'm going to be uh, previewing the Boston College game. Uh, we'll welcome uh, on the Rutgers side, Mike Teal, uh, you know, the uh, most prolific quarterback in Rutgers football history. Have had Mike Teal on in the past when I was with All in the Banks. Uh, love talking to him about the team. So we'll preview uh, Rutgers the, for the season. Uh, and that BC game specifically uh, coming out uh, early this week. And then we'll also have AJ Black, who covers Boston College uh, for Sports Illustrated. Uh, he'll be here uh, later in the week. Uh, so both of those podcast episodes will, will drop uh, before Saturday's game against Boston College. So keep an eye out for that. And just uh, for all our coverage uh, leading up to Boston College and all other Rucker sports, check us out at thescarletfaithful.com. And thanks so much for listening once again.